Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hi, folks. Thanks again for joining us again. And I'm going to say this probably, I hope, over and over again. I'm with Pastor Max Buchanan, the Cloverdale Church of God, associate pastor. And he is leading us through the study of John. And I'm just right along to, to kind of just go along with him. And he's uh, it's been awesome so far. And I hope that you're enjoying it because I certainly am. But today we're going to be in chapter 2, verses 13 through 25, if you need to grab your Bible. So I'm going to have a word of prayer and then turn Pastor Max loose. Our Heavenly Father, thank you. For the Word of God, thank you for the book of John. Lord, it is opening our eyes and mind to what you had for Jesus Christ. And God, how he came to change this world. And Lord, how he spoke in truth. And Lord, I pray you just be with us today as we share. And that people listening would respond accordingly to the heart that the Holy Spirit leads them to. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, Max, here we go. Let's talk about Claire and Temple. Right on. Let me read it. I guess I'll read this first. Sounds good. (laughs) Okay. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle. This is interesting. In the temple Mm -hmm. courts, found people selling selling cattle, sheep and doves, and other sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins and the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. And when you're going to raise And you are going to raise it in three days. But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the festival, Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in him. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. Yeah, super interesting. So a lot to this again, uh, starting in verse 13 is where we jumped in. And probably many of your Bibles, there's a title there of Jesus cleans the temple. Uh, But we kind of get this pattern that John does where it says the Passover of the Jews was at hand. And so Jesus is kind of traveling in a circular motion almost, right? Like he's going, he's reaching a bunch of people. But when the Passover is at hand, many times he goes down until, uh, you know, at one point he doesn't. His, His brothers are like, well, go and prove who you are because they know that he'd go down there and get killed and they didn't believe in him it gets whole into this whole thing and at the end of the book of john again if you want the whole series uh www.cloverdalechurch.org we did a study of this under the media tab you can go find uh if you scroll past the sermons there's just it just goes john all the way through and there's some other cool stuff in there there's apologetics one and there's a few on parables but if you want like if you want john from one to all the way through the book uh go and check that out but as we've read this uh it's so the it kind of starts in this way and when jesus arrives in jerusalem you have to remember uh where jesus is coming from so uh when you look at it at a map of this area samaria is in the middle and where much of jesus's ministry took 
place was around the, the Sea of Galilee, Sea of Tiberias. It's up there. So you're going to see him go back and forth many times. I mean, he ends up in Samaria for the woman at the well um, at that one point, And that's a whole thing that, you know, we can get into when we get there. I've been to that well. Oh, very interesting. Same well. Yeah, it's super. And that's what's cool yeah. about the Bible is like, not only do we have all this proof, historical proof, but the archaeology is there as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and so he passes through Samaria in that story. And the reason why that's important and he's coming back up from Jerusalem to uh, Galilee is that Galilee is kind of up top. And then you go through Samaria. If you're a devout Jew, you go around Samaria and then you get to Jerusalem and that's where the temple is. And that's where this is taking place. And so Jesus is down in Jerusalem. So pretty far away, you know, it's divided by like we were saying Samaria from where he was, you know, at before. And uh, as we kind of look at this, he's there for Passover. If you were a Jew and you could go to Passover by any means you would. So people from all over would come. So it's not uncommon that you wouldn't bring a sacrifice, right? Like you wouldn't bring a sacrifice. And so you'd come and you would, uh, you would buy a sacrifice or whatever before you go in, but it shows where they were selling these sacrifices is what made Jesus extremely upset because people were getting ripped off. It says in the temple courts. And so they're in the temple courts and that's where poor people would worship and also Gentiles that came to the faith. And so as they're around, well, they had actually have to be outside of the temple courts, but in this whole area, it was essentially they were ripping off the poor and they were ripping off people that were genuinely seeking God that didn't have a means elsewhere to do so. And so Jesus gets really upset, not only that they were selling sacrifices, but there's this barrier of entry to worship God. Mm. And I think that's so important for us because when people come into our churches, we want no barrier of entry for people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. We want no barrier of entry for people to come in and and to hear the word of God. We're not going to leave them in their sin. We're not going to condone people's sin. But often, I think that we go so far on the other end that, that because of things that we do, we don't provide a place for people. We're blocking the temple courts, if you will, for people to come in and praise God or even be interested in the things of God. And I think that that's super important for me as a pastor, as for Pastor Tom as a pastor, that we're not creating a barrier of entry to you know, worship God because it got Jesus very upset. No, yeah, we, man, <laughs> we want people to come in. Yeah, I always say we want people coming through our doors. Somebody says the church, I mean, the church, the, the church is a hospital. It isn't the social club and and some people call in i'm just coming to because i want to get to know people and this and that we want people to come in and we want them to feel comfortable we want them to feel the love of god but we want them in the house of god i you know i'd love to see the biggest center if there was such a thing around be come in because they need jesus and sometimes you have people uh that are self-righteous that just Mm -hmm. why you see that person i know about their reputation in the city well good they're in the right place yeah We've got to be an open place for people to come and know and meet Jesus if they have not met him before. Yeah. And I think self-righteousness is such an interesting sin. Look at scripture. Jesus addresses it a ton. Who is he speaking to? People that were self-righteous. Pharisees, scribes, Sadducees, all those people that he was around and all these people he was saying, clean up your act and all this different stuff. Guess what? He's speaking to them a lot. Yes, he does never, he never condones sin, but he takes a different approach. Like even with the woman at the well, he does, he he has this conversation with her, right? And he's like, can you grab me a cup of water? Defies all these social norms and to go 
after her and he declares her sin to her and says you need to he doesn't say go and keep sinning he says repent from that sin Mm -hmm. but there's relationship there with the pharisees he's just like guys yours are the ones that are supposed to know this and you have it wrong and that's always a fear of mine that's why it's diligently study the scriptures i don't ever want to get up to god and say man you had this right in front of you Mm -hmm. and yet you missed it yeah. And yet you missed it. And so Jesus ends up driving out and destroying, um, you know, all this stuff that's in there. And people ask, what authority do you have? Which is hilarious because here they are, people who are supposed to know the word of God yeah. and they're missing the word of God, just like we're saying. And Jesus says something super interesting. He says that he is going to destroy this temple and raise it up in three days. And they're just like, impossible, right? They're like, it took years upon years, 46 years to be specific, you know, to build this temple. There's no way that you are going to destroy this and build it back up. But what he is talking about here is that he is going to provide a place in which people can worship. And that's what he goes on to tell the woman at the well. A lot of this connects is that you're now going to worship in spirit and truth. See, in the Old Testament, it was the tabernacle, then the temple. That was where you could go to worship God. And even with the prophets, you look at the prophets and uh, when they were exiting out of Babylon, I'm not remembering exactly which book it is. But that was God's charge against his people as they were building their own houses out of cedar without a place for God to dwell with his people. And so he says, all hands off of your own houses, all hands on deck and build me the temple. So God desires to be with his people, desires to be with his people. He says, I'm going to destroy this temple, not physically destroy it, but I'm going to take the purpose of the temple. I'm going to tear that veil. So now that the Holy Spirit can dwell inside of somebody, now you are the temple. Now you have the most holy of things dwelling inside of you so that God can have community with his people. He can have that right relationship that we lost completely in the garden and come to his people and dwell with them. And so when Jesus is saying this, there's serious implications for us, not just about you know a, a, a temple being destroyed and all of this stuff, and Jewish people still will look at this and be like, oh, that was a false prophecy. No, he's saying that worship's gonna happen in a different way than it's ever happened before. It's gonna be in the life of the believer having complete and total community with God. And so there's a lot to this. And he predicts his own death and resurrection, right? I'm going to destroy it. Three days later, I'm going to wake up. You have to remember, we're reading this in hindsight. This would have been, it says that his disciples remembered this and they were like baffled. He's showing that he is still has this divine order. Um, like we were talking about, he's completely submitted, but he is fully God and he knows exactly what he's going to do. He's going to go to the cross, going to die three days later, resurrect, give us the ability to have the Holy Spirit inside of us and walk alongside with God ministering to us directly. Well, you know what? What, what do you think? We only have a minute left, but what do you think about it? This is a whole different side of Jesus. All of a sudden, he's in there taking a whip, yeah, and and cracking the whip, and people, and just seemingly quite upset. Yeah, most definitely. So we see this like righteous anger, but I think what's super important about this is that we never uh, mistake Jesus's meekness for weakness. Right. Oh, well Even said. Well when said. he goes to the cross, yep. he's doing that 100% willingly. And he says, I could call legions, armies yeah. of angels to come and just absolutely destroy all of you, and yet I'm not doing it. So he's going willingly. It's completely on God's timetable, completely. And this just shows it. He 
throws these things over, but he's in complete control the entire time. The entire time, he has a righteous anger, and he's meek most of the time, never weak. And sometimes we need a righteous anger. Oh, 100%. We need to, we need to be upset when things are going bad, when when sin is being propagated out there and, yeah. and calling it right and calling it justified. But, yeah. well, Max, thanks for joining me again today. Most and, uh, definitely. We look it's my forward pleasure. maybe tomorrow and the next day. Folks, yeah. I hope you uh, tune in, and, and I hope you have a super, super day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.